welcome to the Understanding Projects podcast. My discussion today is with Nicole Lopez. In her role as a real estate agent, Nicole is dedicated to helping people achieve their real estate goals. She focuses on building strong client relationships and ensuring her clients are educated on the home buying and or selling process so they know more, are prepared, and thus feel confident on their real estate journey. Prior to her work in real estate, Nicole was a senior program manager in the biopharmaceutical industry. During our discussion, we talked about how her knowledge of project management has helped her be successful in her real estate practice. Our talk was an excellent example of how the tools and techniques of project management can be used in practically any profession or industry. Here is Nicole Lopez. been talking uh, in the past, you've talked about the use of project management during your real estate practice. And so my first question is, uh, tell us a little bit about your background. Were you a project manager who moved into real estate and brought that knowledge with you? Or did you start in real estate and then realize that project management would be useful and then brought it to you? So uh, which way did it go for you? For me, it was uh, the first way, the one that you mentioned originally. I was a project manager, so I have a background in science, and I was project management, project managing in the biopharmaceutical industry. So I started off um, with project management, uh, uh, just general project management, contracting, um, doing scope work for a lot of the clinical research that we were doing. Then I progressed into more clinical development and monitoring, um, spent some time in medical affairs, um, doing some project management, marketing, and strategic planning. So I had a breath of experience of project management in the biopharmaceutical uh, field. Right. Um, and uh, that's where I developed my skills and really honed um, the practice. Okay. So then at some point in, in your, the last few years, you made a decision to say, okay, I've, I've done this, but I'm kind of attracted to doing that, which is, which is real estate. How did you come? What was what was it that prompted you to to move from from you know a, a project management career to a to a real estate career? So, Dave, just to give you a little bit of background, I come from a real estate family in the sense that I grew up with my mom um, practicing real estate, and my dad uh, eventually did some real estate as a second career. So I've been exposed to it, and I knew you know, from the, on the periphery, you know, what was happening. And uh, during high school, I spent some time working part-time uh, in a real estate brokerage. Mm. So um, what had happened is around the pandemic, some personal um, issues came up and I needed to be able to have some flexibility to spend more time um, with the family. Right. And uh, I was thinking of you know, what can I do? Well, in biotech and biopharma, I really enjoyed it because I was helping people. I was helping to get drugs to market, helping to get, um, you know, discoveries, just really helping patients and people. 
So when I was looking at uh, for a new career path or something else to do, I was thinking, what can I do that can help people? What can have a, a more immediate impact? And, you know, just talking to people and um, my father, you know, real estate really popped up. It kept popping up that this is somewhere you can help people and you can actually have a little bit more flexibility with some personal aspects and helping my family a bit more. Oh, that's nice. Um, and, and yeah, I, I um, you know, so, so in effect, you were sort of coming home in, in a way in terms of it was kind of the family business, but, but uh, uh, yeah, I identify with uh, what I think, you know, you're saying is, is that within the um, organization that you were working for as a project manager, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm taking or assuming that it was a larger organization. And that can be a, an excellent training ground for a lot of business uh, skills, project management skills, processes, and so on. I identify that with myself. I spent over 20 years in a, in a large financial services mm-hmm. institution and the training and the, the um, uh, methodologies that, that, that I gained just naturally by being there for a number of years, I've been able to transfer into other things like, for example, into education. So, so uh, I'm, I'm with you on that. So, so you made the move into, into real estate. Yes. Um, and I, and I think, you know, part of the, the theme of our talk today is that the use of those project management uh, tools and techniques and skills and so on. Mm-hmm. And so I guess my first question is, is how did you, how do you come to, how did you come to see real estate as a project? If you're going to use project management, it would, it would follow that, well, I guess there's a project in there somewhere. So describe, describe where the project is in, in real estate. So I would describe it the project in real estate as working with a a discrete buyer or a discrete seller. So each uh, individual client or clients that you're working with would be considered, I would consider that a project Mm -hmm. in the sense that you are initiating work with that particular individual, you're planning, you're executing, and then you're finally closing. And I, I would consider the close as the deal completion in terms of a project. So in the simplest term, you know, a project is a temporary, you know, endeavor of task activities that you do to accomplish a specific deliverable. So a real estate transaction from a buyer perspective or from a seller perspective, I would consider that as a project. So it's many projects happening quite often um, in the true sense of project management. Yeah, no, I I agree with that completely. That definition of a temporary endeavor, and yes, that you know you 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 may you may have permanent or, or long term clients, uh, but with separate deals, with with each one being viewed as a as a separate deal, and 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 you know one of the key features of projects is that they are they are considered to be unique, and. Exactly. As anyone who's been involved in a real estate transaction, they are all unique. I've I've been involved in many as both buyers, a buyer and a seller, and everyone has its 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 little challenge. I mean, you you would know that more than I would agree. Every person is unique. So just by the fact that the individual is unique and they're looking for a specific property, so they have specific timeline, they have a specific budget. They have specific needs for the property that they're looking for. It just makes it unique inherently um, right. by those specifications. Yeah. What did you find as your um, 
your 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 biggest challenges like going into that role like it sounds like you worked on it you know you said part-time and so on you have a familiarity and so on being part of you know with it being kind of the family business and so on so you're probably aware of it but when you got into it what did what were the things that um you know you found the most the, the most challenging what, what was it that you kind of set you back a little bit in in terms of saying wow this is this is more harder than I thought so I think for me time management was one of the key elements because you can be you can be working 20 around the clock 24 7 so that's the one thing and my main purpose for making the career switch is to be able to have some more flexibility. So it was making sure that I am able to balance my time and my energy because you don't want to, you know, work 24 seven and burn yourself out. You want to make sure you're as fresh as possible and you are on up on the latest um, information in terms of the industry to help your clients to the best of your ability. So time management, I think was one of the, the key components. And then and as even though you have exposure to real estate, it relationship building. So it's building those relationships and um, building your, as I say, database or so your client base. Um, so those are the things because I, I, I'm new to the business. Yes, maybe I might be transferring some of them from my father to myself, but it's still a matter of you developing relationships with individuals. Right. So I think. Yep. And that's always the, you know, that's always the challenge when you, when you're uh, starting out new, especially in a, in a, in a sales sort of environment is, is building those, getting those connections out. So how did you find, so where now bringing project management into it, um, what, what were the, what were Dave, what were what were the top so two or three things that that helped you with that um, with with oh. your with your real estate uh, work? You know that that helped you uh, with those challenges and just your real estate uh, practice in general. Okay, so in terms of time management, one of the things or techniques that I've used uh, is time blocking. So having specific times of the day when you are dedicating to making calls, dedicating to your marketing, dedicating to having appointments with individuals, and also making sure that you have time blocked for your personal, um, uh, you know, personal planning. So whether it's family time, whether it's vacation time, et cetera. So then you have a sense of, okay, this is what I have, what I have blocked off to do, and then you can get the work done. Though I, I do the time blocking, you also need to be a little bit flexible, but keeping in mind that you, um, you really need to be taking care of yourself um, in addition to building your business. So that's one aspect of um, time blocking. Another element that I found uh, that I really pulled in from um, working in the biotech was the strategic planning and goal planning. So, you know, I started using it, but this year I've even um, delved in deeper. So really having a strategic plan for your particular business and seeing yourself as the business rather than, you know, when you're a project manager, it's the company necessarily that you're working for or the department 
that's the business. So now looking at yourself as the business and having strategic goals and then having a calendar where you have you know, quarterly goals that you want to achieve and then you, you break it down a little bit more into your monthly goals and then making sure that you track that on a regular basis. So tracking your time, tracking your um, budget, um, and just tracking your activities. Yeah, that's that's really interesting because uh, you're right. When you're when you're managing a project, you're you know you, normally you're you are you know and within organizations you are managing the project on behalf of someone like the the you know the 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 project sponsor you know a department in the organization. There's somebody that is that you're managing it for them and they have their they their they have their goals and objectives and their strategic their strategy and so on mm -hmm. and, and that you're sort of fitting you're you're helping them accomplish that through the mm -hmm. through the completion of the project so um so in this case you were looking and, and you know what i'm perceiving you're looking for well who is who am i doing it for you know my mm -hmm. these these projects that i'm doing it well i'm doing it for myself like mm -hmm. i am the i i am the organization the business is me uh, so it, it's interesting. You are, you know, in, in some ways, um, you know, playing the role of both the project manager within the deals, but also you are the business, you are the project sponsor as well, and, and playing sort of both of those roles. Right. Um, and, and therefore creating that strategic plan and those goals and objectives that you can track. Exactly. And in addition to that, so if I break it down even further, I do have strategic goals or strategic planning discussions with my clients in terms of, you know, what are their expectations? What are their timelines? Um, and as we gather more information, sometimes the scope changes slightly. So, you know, depending on how the market shifts or, or maybe their budget or whatever's happening in the market. So I do have that on a a client basis as well. Right, right. Yeah, I'd imagine you'd have with a client the, you know, when we talk about project management, we 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 inevitably we come to the the constraints, the, you know, even the original triple constraints of scope, mm -hmm. time, and cost. Yeah. I'm imagining that that would be a useful discussion to have with a client as you start a deal to say, okay, what's what's the scope? What what are we trying to accomplish here? You say say you're on the buying end. Uh, you want to buy a house? What? Well, what type of a house? Uh, you know, bungalow. You know, condo. What? What is it? Before you even get there, cost, budget, finance. Finance is the number one thing that needs to be discussed first because we don't want to get a client or have a client get excited about a particular property and then turn out turn and find out that's not even close to what they can they can afford. So it's really understanding and working with a financial advisor. So I, you know, I work with a mortgage broker or if they have their own mortgage specialist, but, you know, working with a, a financial strategist to really understand what they can afford and what are the options out there? Because sometimes there are specific options that are not readily recognizable or that clients are aware of. So having that discussion so they are fully aware of what's available to them. So they can make an informed decision on what's the best approach for them to take. And then once right. we have that cost element um, figured out, then we can go into the details about, okay, so what are you looking for? What, this is what's out there um, with regards to your budget. Okay, 
now let's get down to no that's a that's a really good point because the the danger is is get them all excited about you know a certain type of 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 property and then the bad news is oh i'm sorry you you're not going to have that 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 would not be good i've often used a an example within my classes of if you were purchasing a car mm-hmm. is the mm-hmm. exact same thing of okay mm-hmm. let's first of all do you have five thousand dollars or fifty thousand dollars mm-hmm. um as your budget if it's if it's five thousand dollars let's not go buy the bmw lot like let's mm-hmm. let's not go there because mm-hmm. there's nothing there that that fits that budget so you're you're absolutely right so so uh so yeah the cost constraint um then I'm assuming you then go on to the scope constraint or would you start to talk timing at that point or are those two no true? Time. well it depends because yeah. if so if you're having that financial discussion and the client is ready they're able to to move they have the funds they have the down payment and they have the the strategy a financial strategy then you can move forward to you know what are those uh, what are the requirements what are the, what, what are you looking for however if based on the discussion of the financials, they need to save a little bit more, then that's when you need to work on the timelines and, and you work backwards. When, how much do you think you can save and then working backwards to like, we'll get this. And then when do we think we'll be able to, you know, start the look, start looking to be able to purchase something. Right. And that goes. Yeah, it's interesting. I, it, again, in my, in my, um, classes and so on, I, I emphasize how important knowledge of those three constraints are, and it just permeates everywhere, you know, exactly. and, and, and this is exactly what you are, you know, w- without, you know, at, at, I don't think at any time in your discussions, you would necessarily be saying, well, there are three constraints and we're going to talk about this triangle, but you're just naturally moving your way around that triangle, um, in, in order to um, define, you know, the parameters of, of what you're, you're going to do with them is that they, they need to, they, they'll need to understand, you'll need to understand what their needs are, and they'll need to understand the, the constraints of that. Again, if they have a, if they have a limited budget, you know, uh, you know, in, in real estate terms, uh, a more limited budget, but have the idea that they're going to be in a, you know, a big force, you know, four bedroom, two story house in the best part of town, those things become a disconnect. And that's, I imagine that's the kind of thing you have to sort of um, help them realize where, where, where they can make a, have a solution for their, yes. for their deal. Yes. I, I think it's really, to me, it's really important to make sure the clients are very educated and they, they have as much information as possible to make a very informed decision. Right. And then also knowing that, you know, it's always good to start. It's important to start someplace. And then once you once you have your foot in the door, it's easier to move along uh, yeah. the process and, and grow to different homes and, and expand. I agree. I was going to the, the the word foot in the door was was right. In, you took that out of my head when I <laughs> do you how do you find do you do you feel that most the in your clients do they have a good sense of this or do you or or are they unrealistic? Are you having to pull them back, you know, or or it does it vary in different situations? I think it varies in in different situations, and it depends on um, the in, the goals of the individuals. Um, and I think you, 
you know, what I'm trying to do, one of my goals this year is to really help people know more and to be prepared so that it builds their confidence. So I think when people are educated to understand, you know, some of the terminology that people aren't just throwing words out, that they actually understand it, then they're able to prepare and then be confident when they get to the, the particular situation. And I, and I see that more, you know, first-time buyers and people who haven't necessarily been um, in the market recently. However, you might have other individuals such as investors who are really looking to um, get a great opportunity or a great deal. So they might have funds, but it depends on how much they want to spend. Right? Right. So they, they're fully educated, but it's just a matter of, is this something that they want to put their money in at this point in time? So it really depends on the mindset. Yeah. And people need to be very motivated. So for a seller, they need to be motivated to be able to sell their home. You can place their home on the market, but if they're not as motivated or um, there's no burning desire that they need to sell, then, you know, that home may stay a little while. Right. You know, as I'm thinking about the constraints, I'm, I'm thinking mm -hmm. about the other constraints. So there, there are, uh, you know, three other constraints of of uh, quality, risk, and resources. Yes. And I'm just thinking of a real estate deal of of risk would be another one that you would work into your discussion. Yes. One that I can think of right away is is, you know, if, if somebody is is uh, um, you know can can technically you know afford a mortgage, but it's stretching them there they'll need to understand the risk you know well what if rates go up two percent are you okay and and so that's again risk is a, is another important concept that permeates not only project management theory but real life where you yes. know real estate deals that is real life yes another risk i think probably i think the financial one is more yeah. readily recognizable but another mm -hmm. risk i think um maybe wasn't as apparent, especially in the height of the pandemic where there were multiple bids happening. And oftentimes people went into offers because there was like 50 other offers and they wanted to get it, they removed certain conditions. So they might've removed conditions on financing because they said they had, you know, are pre-approved or they removed conditions on home inspection. So those are two. So technically, if you remove the condition on a home inspection, a home inspector comes in and takes a look at the home and points out any kind of things that might need to be remedied, et cetera. So if you remove that and you move into the home and later find that, oh, you know, there's an issue with foundation, I'm just saying a big one, or issue with the roofing, that's that homeowner now needs to, you know, own that and that cost is on them. Whereas if you know, you had that in your contract, it would be identified before the deal closed and you would have been able to either renegotiate the price potentially or, um, you know, walk away and, and go to another property. And then additionally with mortgage financing, oftentimes uh, there's an appraiser, appraisal that happens um, because the mortgage company wants to know that, yes, this what you're paying for, yes, it appraises out to the right price that we think. Yep. Um, and oftentimes, if it doesn't, um, you, if it doesn't, you might they might not qualify for the property if the financing was in there, the the clause was in there. But if the clause isn't in there, and the individual purchases the home, and say for some reason they have to sell 
you know, less than a year into purchasing, they, they might not be able to get that same price for their property if right. the market changes, as we've seen, are we seeing now the market's changed a little bit. So yeah. those are risks that people don't necessarily think about when they're um, removing conditions. And I really try to educate my clients about if this is done, this is these are the potential consequences. There may be nothing wrong, but this is yeah. what could happen. Right. Yeah, and that's what good risk management is. It's awareness. It's it's a awareness of okay, what what are the risks? How likely are they to occur? You know, right. and, and and you know, if it does occur, what will happen? You know, and and so on. So having that conversation is is again good project management. You know, concepts and theory brought into your discussions. That that's good. So, um, so I just want to round or just just circle back to and just just to sort of comment and acknowledge. You had mentioned that um, you know time management was a major challenge that you had, and you were sol or solving or at least mitigating it with time blocking. And mm -hmm. you know, time blocking is really just a good sort of scheduling of your time. You know, exactly. recognizing that you know, your day is filled with blocks of time. Mm -hmm. It's not just one big, if you view it as one big mush, mm -hmm. you could find at the end of the day, it's gone and and you you don't know what you did. Right. So, so kind of viewing, kind of scheduling your time through time blocking, great idea, you know, and, and I always advise, you know, or advise students is turn the phone. If you have a, a time block of some kind of focus, turn your phone off or <laughs> turn notifications off because mm -hmm. it just, you know, it, it knocks you off guard, uh, off course. Okay. Um, the other major challenge you 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 talked about was 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 relationships. Right. Mm -hmm. Challenge and and you know uh, something you needed to do. How did how did your 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 project management background help with your relationship building? And how did you how did you sort of see those two sort of knitting together? So uh, in project management, <clears throat> one of the things that I found helped me was building relationships with people. So building relationships with vendors, with project team members, um, and various, various stakeholders that I worked with. And it was critical in terms of building trust and building, um, you know, people, interactions with individuals and um having a, a, an ability to have really great and smooth communication. So that was, and so for me, when I say building relationships, yes, I have a, a base of individuals that I know and I build those relationships, but it's expanding out to people that I don't necessarily know yet and helping to build that trust that, um, that because they don't know me, I don't know them, and it's building that rapport and trust with individuals. So it's a slow process. I've reached out to business owners and you know speaking with business owners and just in general um, friends and asking for referrals. So one of the ways I work um, with my business is referrals. Mm -hmm. So it so if I have a friend or I've worked with somebody before, then my thinking is that usually they'll have a friend who is a similar ilk and you know that maybe if they do not already have a real estate professional that's assisting them then I would be you know willing to be that professional so it's it's really trying to build up um, um my base and, right. and and rapport it's rapport building and communication right and and you're right in in um 
projects of any type, your relationship with the various stakeholders is so important. I mean, you you said you learned that in your in your corporate career, and and um, and I can't agree more. Bring is your your reputation and whether people trust you is is so very important um you know and and i i also like when you said the word slow is that it is slow it is it is it isn't something where you can walk up to someone and just say hi my name is you know you should trust me like that yeah. that, that, that that does not make sense yeah. they would they would actually probably not trust you <laughs> if you <laughs> If if you said or even implied something like that, that it, it's very it's very subtle. Um, I was just talking to my uh, class yesterday, and there was a um, there was sort of there was an event kickoff sort of networking event that they had the opportunity to go to, and I and what, one of the things I, I mentioned to them is is go, yes. talk to people. But don't go expecting a job that moment. It's not going to happen. They're not. You're not going to meet someone, and they're going to say, "Oh, wow, would you like a job?" Like it, it doesn't work that way. No. It, it it. But you never know. Is once somebody meets you and they talk to you, and then they're they're aware of you. Maybe you see them again sometime, and and sometimes sometimes this sort of magic happens mm -hmm. that they'll think of you. And then mm -hmm. you'll get an email from them and, and mm -hmm. you can't even predict it. It may or may not ever happen, but it often does. Mm -hmm. And and that's the thing. You you can't see it going forward, but you can see it looking back. You you can, you know, you can say, oh, like probably in your case, you probably had examples where um, you know, a, a call comes, uh, somebody contacts you to be their their real estate agent, and mm -hmm. then realize, well, the reason is, is because it's that person you talked to, or the friend of the friend who you were had an interaction with, and that led to something that you couldn't possibly imagine. Exactly, that's exactly it. Exactly it. Right. So you, you just have to sort of trust the system, like trust trust the process. Uh, you're you're putting out goodness into the in in into the world you know yes. into your interactions and it comes back you know yes. it's it's uh but that you know you you have to make sure you don't have a transactional view is that if you if you get as transactional hey i went to that networking event and i didn't get anything i came back empty-handed that's the wrong view right it's I, what did you give it's right. like what did you bring to the table um to that interaction how did you right. help somebody yeah yeah that's that's uh that and that's it like what did you give that's the measure you should be should should be having a successful interaction would be hey i had a lot of con nice conversation it was a two-way conversation i you know provided some advice or some 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 feedback and that's good if something mm -hmm. might come from it in the uh in in the future so um I guess one last question, just to sort of, just to sort of start to 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 wrap up. Um, did you find like most real estate deals I've been involved in have something that happens, you know, like, like <laughs> yes. some uh, event happens? You know, there's there's a, some a title issue, or there's a financing issue, or there's something. You know, and hopefully, if there's only one, that's good. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. there's many. You, um, did you find your 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 project management background helps you with that, or how do you manage those? Do you have any, you know, uh, tricks of the trade of those 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 crises that it's, happen? 
That well, definitely, because working in corporate world, there was a fire to put out every day. Yes. At least one. If it wasn't, if there were, you know, none, you were like, where is it? It's hiding. Exactly. Um, so what I learned is it's calm under pressure. Always remain calm. I remember, you know, I was helping the marketing team out and I was coordinating this big event. It was a new uh, VP for the company was there and, and I walked into the room and everybody like jumped on me because they needed to get this done, this done, this done, this done, this done. And I just took a deep breath and I just one at a time, just get it done. There is going to be a solution. You just, I think when you're calm, you take a deep breath, you think about it. There will be a creative solution to help um, resolve the problem. I've had, you know, think this is a little thing, but it's a big thing to my client where maybe they didn't send them the right keys. So I had to think creatively. It was on a Saturday. We were able to get them. They were able to get the keys within 30 minutes of identifying that they didn't have the appropriate keys. So it's being able to be calm, not to um, get excited and get overwhelmed and just be able to think creatively. Okay, this didn't happen. How can we get this done? Who do I know? Who do I need to talk to? And then um, mitigate the situation. Yes. No, that is, that is very true. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to imagine if I was, you know, in a real estate deal and I, you know, some issue came up and I, and I called my real estate agent and if their reaction was, oh my goodness, this is really bad. I don't know what we're going to, that would not, like you're, you're <laughs> looking for that calm, you know, um, sort of analytical view at that point to say, okay, this happened. We'll, we'll mm -hmm. let's, we're going to solve it. We're going to do X, Y, and Z. And, you know, there's an expression, if you can keep your head while, you know, everyone else is losing theirs, it's, I might be missing the the wording a little bit, but that's the key thing. And in, in both mm -hmm. in project management and, and in real estate is if you can be that, that calm voice in the middle of the storm, that's really important. And like you say, uh, you know, when you're when you're involved in in um, large projects and organizations, and I and I imagine real estate too, mm -hmm. the day where there isn't an issue, you kind of go, hmm, you know, mm -hmm. I wonder where it is. You know, when is when is it going to arrive? Because I know it's out there. Mm -hmm. and, and that's that's out. It's almost a it's not a pessimistic view, it's a realistic view to say, you know what, the world is not perfect. And there's a lot of things that bump together in various ways. And my job is to fix it. You right. know, when it occurs, you know, try to try to arrange things so that it doesn't happen as much. You don't want, you don't want unforced errors, but mm -hmm. you can do your best and things still fall, you know, things, things still, uh, you know, foul, foul up once in a while. So, um, Anyways, this has been a, a really interesting tour through your real estate uh, work and and your relation, your, your relating of your project management experience to it. So so uh, you know, thanks very much for sharing for sharing this today. It's been it's been really interesting talking to you. Thank you so much, Dave. I really appreciate it. That's it for this episode. If you would like to learn more about project management, you can find my book, Understanding Project Management: A Practical Guide, on Amazon. Please also consider following Understanding Projects on your favorite podcast player or clicking subscribe on YouTube.